Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to the Terrible Podcast. Welcome to, uh, sorry about our one-week hiatus, but we're going to make it up to you because today we're going to talk about two cards, but before we do that, I'm going to give us today's quote, and then we're going to say hi to Ashley. So here's today's quote. There is no king who has not had a slave among his ancestors. I'm sorry, let me try that again. <clears throat> There's no king who has not had a slave among his ancestors, and no slave who has not had a king among his and that quote was by Helen Keller. Um, I feel like this quote was very, is very insightful. Um, I think, I think that it's it's kind of telling about her understanding of of uh, world history. If I look back or if I go back in time, I can see that that's always the case, right? There's like this ebb and flow of power, and that's definitely what what she's talking about here it's like sometimes you have um one group in power and then eventually they'll get overthrown and then that group that gets overthrown becomes the slaves i think that it's very smart and i think it's very um very insightful honestly yeah i have to i have definitely have to agree with you I, and i love i love that because i looked at it in a total i looked at it kind of in a different way but i do like that interpretation because that is so true the way i looked at it though is kind of like we're all brothers and sisters you know we're all we're all related whether you're a king or a peasant like we are all in this human race together and you know if we don't start acting like it we might not be for much longer you know what i mean <laughs> Right, exactly. And I think that what's important to, to realize, someone was telling me the other day how boring they think history is. And I'm like, what you don't understand, it's just a series of patterns. You know, you need to sometimes look forward. I mean, look backwards to understand what's going to be happening when you're moving forwards. That like, there is this kind of ebb and flow, this back and forth, this up and down with amongst various groups and things like that. Um, and, and the fact that she was able to kind of pinpoint that I think is is brilliant. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I really wanted to that that blew me away is that she's a person who was, you know, she's she was deaf and blind and couldn't speak, and just to know that she was able to get to the level where she could communicate this, you know, and have that knowledge, it's it's just amazing because it really goes to like nature versus nurture, you know, because most of us are basically indoctrinated into our culture is how it happens, you know, through our parents and society does it to us. But she really didn't have that up until she was able to communicate with the world. So, I mean, she was in a place of isolation for years. So just imagine the the different perspective she has, I guess, because of it. And you could see it coming out in this quote. I mean, people, especially in that time, they probably were like, what? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I think, you know, her story is so interesting and think, as you were saying about her perspective of the world until she was able to communicate, you know, what was she experiencing? I mean, I don't know enough about her. I haven't read enough about her to know what she was able to describe her life like prior to being able to communicate. But like 
she was probably able to give such valuable insight as to, you know, without hearing or seeing what the world is actually like. Oh yeah, I can imagine. And it, it's, it, it's kind of like the isolation that she went through. It's like a Buddhist monk who's been meditating for like years in the mountains by himself. And then, and he's able to, except for, I guess, sensory, you know, and she's, I'm sure she would used to get like pulled around and whatever and placed and put stuff in, uh, you know, but it wasn't like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we could, we could probably talk about her like for a whole podcast, but. <laughs> oh, absolutely. For sure. Um, all right. But then let's get into what we're doing today. Today we're talking about the Kings and Queens. So we're looking at the King of Pentacles and the Queen of Pentacles. And after this, we'll have one more week in our Pentacle series before we move on to wands. Um, so for this part of the podcast, normally what I do is give a description of the card. Then we talk initial thoughts and then we get into the different aspects of the card, what we think about it, what we think each part means. Um, so I'll get into that right now. The King of Pentacles is what we're going to be starting with. I'm looking at the card. There's like a yellow background. And off to the right hand side, you see like a castle. The king figure is sitting front and center on a throne. The throne has these two, it looks like like rams or, or sheep up at the top right and left hand corners. And the king is sitting in the throne. He's wearing like a cloak that looks like covered in grapes. He has his left hand on a pentacle and his right hand is like holding a scepter at the bottom of the throne. We actually get to see um, those same like sh uh, shapes, the rams, sheep thing. But instead of being gold, they're like silver. His throne is black. You see his foot is resting on something. His left foot is resting on something. We don't see the right foot. And then you do see these plants kind of scattered on the left-hand side. It looks like branches with leaves on it. And then you see some more branches and leaves down at the lower right-hand side of the uh, card. If you want to see what the card actually looks like, check out our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L -L on the number two. Okay, initial thoughts here. Um, initially, this card, it, I, I actually really love this card. This is one of my, I always probably say this, but... When I first started out, this is one card that really grabbed my attention, and it was just because it was so much different than all the other kings. It just seems that this guy is, um, it, you know, the, all the growth around him, all the nature. I really mm -hmm. love the grapes that are on him. You know, he has this cloak that's part of it. So it's kind of like he's camouflaged in, so it's showing that he really is one with nature, one with his, the world around him. And he has his foot on this, uh, we can get into that later, but he has his foot, what looks like, could be like either a a baboon or some kind of animal's head. Um, and again, we see the, like you said, we see the castle in the background. So it just shows that he has just like a, a dominion over everything, not only just um, the nature, but also like the people and stuff around him. And it looks like he's up there in a higher place. So I really love this. It's a, it's a really good card to me. And I also love how he has his eyes closed. So it's like, he's really focusing you know, on what he's doing. And he's taking the time out to kind of stop and smell the roses and just enjoy it. So I initially, when I looked at the card, just saw like a, a victory, prosperity and overindulgence. Um, it's kind of like the pinnacle, kind of like what we the quote from Helen Keller. It's like, this is the king that's kind of risen to the point of being able to have this dominion over a group or a land or something like that and kind of enjoying the fruits of his labor. Yeah, I like that. 
but then you could also see where it might be about to go wrong because you know there is growth everywhere and it's kind of getting overgrown so that could be that could you know uh lend to maybe the negative aspects of the card too yep exactly um okay now let's look at the actual different parts of the card here um let's start off with the castle on the right hand side what are your thoughts Every time we see castles like that, it just kind of reminds me of somebody who's outside of the castles and outside of the walls doing their thing. But since this is the king, I would say it's more of like instead of ruling from inside and uh, being stuck in your castle, he's outside so he can Mm -hmm. see everything and he has a better perspective. And it looks like he's elevated in respect to to the castle. So he's not higher than it, but he's definitely not on the ground. So he can even be... If you think about it, this could wrap around and this could just be a giant castle and you can even just be on another part of it. So um, to me, this just really represents the fact that he's outside of the castle is just getting outside, getting a different perspective and maybe ruling from out there uh, so he could see exactly what's going on. Mm hmm. I'm, you know, honestly, now that I look at it, so if you look at the castle on the right-hand side, do you see on the left-hand side, in between the leaves, it's blue? It almost looks like he could be in a castle on an island. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about that. So, you know, for me, the castle, you've got these um, various buildings. There is a green flag. So green, again, for me, the color of earth, the kind of the uh, dominion or control over earthly things. And the fact that he looks... Um, you're right that he looks like a little bit taller than it, it in the, and it's in the background. I'm saying that that shows the complete control and uh, victory over that and kind of overseeing all of this land or whatever it is. Yeah, he's king of the dominion. Right. All right. Let's look at um, let's look at his throne. Let's start there. Um, so it's a black throne and you've got these four animals that we see on it, two at the top, two at the bottom. What were your thoughts? Well, I, I love how it's black because it kind of reminds me of Satan's throne a little bit, even though in the, the devil card, I mean, even though the, he's not really sitting on the throne, but he's perched on that box, but everything else in the background is black. So it kind of reminds me of that, that underworld. So, but he's sitting on top of it and then it, up toward the top, it goes brown and it kind of gets a lot more earthly because you don't really think of black as an earthly color i mean i guess you do see it in the earth but we usually think of more tones like brown or even darker browns or whatever so black it just kind of like i said it's that giving you that shadow to the underworld so he's like mastered his shadow self and that's what his throne is made out of And see, I looked at it as kind of sometimes when you need to achieve a certain level of victory or triumph or something over something, you need to get to kind of this dark place, which isn't necessarily like in the light. It's not necessarily always good. You know, war a lot of times is not based in good intentions. It's based in kind of this desire to overcome a group to acquire more physical material things either land or money or resources or something like that and so for me that's what the black was demonstrating kind of that like movement towards like the darker side of of humanity and then I have you know I'm looking at the animals on the top and the bottom and I see like silver and gold so silver being the bottom the gray ones and then gold being the top ones and again it's like 
you know, he's trying to acquire this this wealth and these materials to succeed in life and rule over this, but at what cost? Yeah, I like it. Um, okay, let's look at uh, his cloak or his his like um, cape. What did you think? Well, I kind of gave it away a little bit in the intro there, what I was talking about, but it just it reminds me of him being at one with nature and then also the fact that it's black and it matches his throne underneath it also it kind of reminds me of like i said the shadow self and that shadow work that needs to be done so he's not trying to hide any um thing that might be considered evil that's inside him he's actually putting it on display and he's mixing it with the fruit the fruit of his labor and so he's living in harmony living in one and he's not um you know he's not repressing anything he's not trying to hide any devious behavior he's just out there doing his thing he's like listen i'm a person i'm a human sometimes i screw up what am i gonna do i love that you say that the the grapes are representational of the fruits of his labor because for me grapes relate back to dionysus which is like indulgence and uh partying and kind of being able to take a minute to you know celebrate your victory or your accomplishments or things like that. And so that's what I see that as kind of like he's done all the things he needs to do to get to this position in life. And now he's able to kind of take a step back and maybe it is a combination of the fruits of his labor, but also that celebratory triumphant um, acknowledgement of like, okay, let's, we can take a minute here and actually enjoy ourselves before, you know, having to move forward and kind of be more serious. Yeah, everything in moderation, especially moderation. <laughs> that one's hard for me, uh, as I said earlier. All right, so let's look at his foot then, his left foot, and it's on this animal head or something. What did your what were your thoughts there? Well, so I've done actually did a little looking into this, and um, it looks like it's like a baboon head maybe, and apparently what I found was that symbol can represent Thoth, who was like, you know, Mercury or Hermes. But in the ancient Egypt uh, tradition, he was the messenger. He was the one who uh, taught humans everything, basically, kind of like Prometheus, you think about. Um, so for me, I just feel that it, that's what that represents. But it also represents that hermetic knowledge, something that you would say, like maybe like secret societies talk about, occulted knowledge, occulted psychology hidden psychology so he just it just shows to me that he's um rooted in that you know like he's aware of it and he that's where he gets some of his power maybe even power to control people and if you look at it though it doesn't have to be something that's nefarious because it could be just within if you're looking at um you want to be a monarch like a strict monarch internally within yourself you want to align your thoughts and emotions to create actions you want to create right action in the world and that's what hermeticism is all about that's what they teach you right in the beginning so i just feel that that he has that um knowledge and that's kind of maybe why he got to his position even and he didn't forget it he still remembers it like it's his base you could clearly see it's his only foot that they're showing and he's stepping right on it so that's kind of what i got see now for me looking at it i mean i did see the animalistic nature of oh there's giz um of the of the helmet but to me that's what it looked like it looked like a helmet not necessarily an animal head so again because he has this this like armored foot and you see it on this 
again, for me, a helmet, it's like that conquering of another person or conquering of another people or another culture or something like that to maintain this level of, of authority and rule over this area. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. So let's look now at the, the like branch on the left hand side, like the trees on the left hand side and on the lower right hand side. What were your thoughts there? Um, well, it, it could represent a couple different things. You know, I guess we can get into the negative aspect a little bit because I alluded to that before. Um, so this could represent kind of letting things get out of control a little bit in your life. So if this comes up in a place where it might be negative in the reading, we could say that, you know, maybe it's time to prune some things. It's, you know, it's good to have growth. Um, but you know, it's better to, sometimes you have to do guarding and trim things out for you to get true growth because a lot of times that dead weight could be holding you back because it doesn't look like it's specifically like really flowery. It's like, it's not like really bushy. You know, you see a lot of branches and like the top Mm -hmm. is even kind of sticking up. Um, so it could represent that, I guess in the negative, but obviously there are also a lot of positive things that would go with it. What did you say? What were you thinking? I'm looking at it and I see the flowers on the lower left-hand side, like the very bottom left-hand corner. And to me, that's showing like new life and beauty, but because you only see a little bit of that, and then you see these other kind of branches and leaves and not saying that it's not fruitful or succeeding or growing or flourishing. But if I look at the top of the branch or the shrub or whatever on the left-hand side, I don't see really leaves up at the top. And it almost is like, you know, kind of be careful how you take care of whatever it is you're trying to grow. You don't want to over prune it. You don't want to over um, water it. You don't want to overdo it when you're taking care of it. Sometimes things need to be left alone. But I feel like there's like a nice balance between like that beauty and that kind of uh, the beauty of the flowers and like the starkness of that branch up at the top. um, Kind of showing like you have to have that balance as a ruler. Yeah, that's a great point because people will really, you know, like we were saying, sometimes you just kind of have to let yourself, if you're working on yourself or whatever it is, you got to trust the process. You can't just um, expect results right away. So, yeah, I like that. And I really like that down at the bottom, you can see like it's when it's closer to the earth, it seems a lot more natural and green. And then as it gets closer to where you see that wall behind him, that's when you start seeing that branching out. And it's kind of like that movement away from that, the natural or the, the, um, like, you know, like the natural world or things like that. Mm -hmm. No, I know what you're saying. It could even represent like moving into the industrial, uh, Mm -hmm. aspects of, uh, civilization. All right. The last thing I think I wanted to talk about, uh, was honestly like his, Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Um, was his crown. Yeah. I, um, I really love that because you still see the nature there. Most crowns are just metal and jewels, but he has flowers on his. And then you see the other two, like the lilies, I guess are in the, the yellow, um, Mm-hmm. Or in between, and it looks like maybe the red are roses. So lilies are all about royalty. And then you also have the three roses and the two lilies. So you have like the two, three combination going. And then you could just say maybe his mind is one, and then it goes up from there. And then, then he aligns his emotions and his thoughts and the logical left and right part of his brain. Because it's right on top, you know, it's on his brain. And then... um 
I also love how you get that green. Uh, what do they call those? I'm terrible. A, a laurel. Laurel. Wreath. Yeah, there you go. Laurel wreath. Because the green is green is just a color that represents generation and growth. You know, you could look at it just from a leaf because leaves are green, or you could just look at it, you know, like in so many other um, ways, color spectrums. But green is just that color of generation and creation. And since it's around his head, it's going to show that he's like whatever he's doing, he's creating in a positive way with his uh, with his brain. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's so interesting. I think we both have obviously very different perspectives on a lot of things. But like for me, the laurel wreath is symbolic of victory and an achievement and kind of celebrating that, which kind of ties in with everything I've said so far about the card. And the fact that on top of it, he has these three flowers. Um, you know, a lot of times people would wear like a um, garland of flowers around their around their neck or something to celebrate if they won um, a specific athletic competition or something like that um, in ancient Greek or Roman times. And I'm looking at this, and because he has those on top, it's like showing that victory over, again, the physical material world. Because you have the laurel wreath, and then on top of that you have like the crown part, and then on top of that you have those flowers. So it's like he knows what he's doing. He's got control there. He's sitting pretty, as they say. Yeah, real pretty. <laughs> Notice they said as they say. It's like who's they? Anyway, um, okay, let's look at. I know I. Said <laughs> I don't know, but thing. they live. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I said this is the last thing. But let's look at like the scepter he has and like the pentacle. We didn't even acknowledge that. Um, and then he has like this weird. It almost looks like you know. Um, I mean, it doesn't really look like this, but you know, like in, um, like Predator. Yeah, (laughs) I know exactly like in Predator. When they have like that, that like, uh, like, like chain of bullets around them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what that reminds me of. They're like, no, it doesn't look anything like that. It honestly really doesn't, but that's what it reminds me of. Okay, so what were your thoughts on those three parts? Uh, well, I mean, anytime you could reference Predator is a good time, so it's a great movie. Um, well, I, I love the scepter because it's just it's like a wand, you know. It, um, so it just goes to show his creation with his right hand, which is connected to the left brain. Um, and then what were you talking about? The pentacle, also, is that what mm-hmm. you were talking about? Okay. Yeah, and then so he has a pentacle in his left hand. So it just goes to show that really good balance with creation and with the earth and with earthly things and anything in the physical realm. And that sash that's going around his uh, his shoulders right there, I think it's just kind of part of the back of his cloak. So I think it might be kind of like an illusion where um, it's actually part of the cloak. I'm trying to – one, two, three, four, five. It's got six – Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. What did you think about it? Did you have any notes on it? Or you well, said my, 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 my notes were that it looked like a chain of bullets. Um, but, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, but do you have anything further? <laughs> um, not necessarily about that part, but with the pentacle and the scepter, it reminded me of um, this painting of Elizabeth I, where she has like kind of like a scepter and then she has like that orb in her hands and it's like a celebration of kind of her power. Obviously, you know, that was a woman, but it's like this definitely looks like 
almost like I could see this being him sitting here and waiting to have this celebration, but he's getting his official portrait drawn. So you can see him conquering these people down in the bottom right because his foot is on that, what I said was a helmet. You see the nature surrounding him, the castle in the background, and then you see like he has control over money with his left hand kind of perched on the pentacle and then his right hand is holding that scepter which has always been representational of power at least since you know uh renaissance times and and uh to present probably even further because if you look at the egyptians they had the ankh and it's very similar it it was a a stick with a, a circle on the top basically it was just the other half of an infinity symbol so you can look at this in the same way it's just a maybe a a 3d representation of that idea because mm-hmm. it's a sphere instead of a you know half of a um half of a lemiscate or an infinity symbol so yeah who knows how far back that symbolism goes right if this was in egypt right exactly okay so we've covered everything here in the card let's talk about what this would mean in a general reading what would you think i think if this came up in a general reading this is going to represent somebody in your life and this is a positive card most times. I mean, you know, obviously all these cards, like I always say, they're, they're like a mirror. Um, so you, you glean out of them what you can and what's going to help you. So this could, like I said, this could represent a person that's coming into your life. Maybe, um, not exactly like a fatherly figure, but maybe a mentor. Somebody's going to help you in the physical world, in the realm. So it could be maybe somebody at your job or at your career that's going to come along. Like, for example, I just did a, a, a podcast with Colton from Conspiracy Church Camp, mm-hmm. and I put it up at um I'm gonna I put it up on uh I'm gonna put it up in the podcast feed of comedy LOL. So if you want to hear it, check it out there. And then I'll also have it at morelawsmoreproblems.com because I have a video of it. So I put it up on BitChute. So yeah, check that out. And what we talked about was basically he's 24 and he's into conspiracies, and I'm 43 and I'm into him. So. I was giving him a lot of the occult angle of a lot of the psychology of what's going on. And I was acting like this mentor, you know, the kind of like the physical, physical realm. So this is a good sign, you know, I mean, it could represent a, obviously a bad person, but if you have somebody that comes in your life like that, don't take them for granted, you know, especially if they're older than you, even if they're trying to tell you what to do or how to be, you can always just look at it as you can glean advice from them. So even if you don't agree with everything they say, You could just say, well, I wonder why they say that and what made them go through, you know, what experiences did they go through to get that perspective on life? And why do they feel this way? Why are they shut up in their house and afraid of a Bologna virus? Because, (laughs) but you know, um, I I think it's always good, even if I I really am a firm believer of everybody can be a teacher to you, basically. And what that means is you can learn something from everybody as long as you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear what's really going on in the situation because even if they're making a mistake you can look at that and say wow what's causing them to make that mistake what's causing them to engage in this addictive behavior in this form of escapism and then am i doing that in my life you know where can i stop that and then if you could fix it in your life then maybe you could show the way you know you you take your path and then it becomes like we said before it becomes a, a whole like beacon to the world they could see you traverse your path so you know your friends and your family can see that you've bettered yourself and made yourself a better person. And maybe they'll do the same thing. So for me, yeah, for for me looking at this as just a general reading, I would say it's a a very positive card. Um, I would say that, you know, I, I'm going to try to tread carefully here in what I'm trying (laughs) to say, but um, 
I think a lot of times like the business kind of logical um, side of the brain or those types of traits are identified as masculine. And so this isn't necessarily a male person in your life. It could be. Um, it could be representational of someone who is successful, kind of helping to mentor you, but could also be a representation of you kind of putting aside that kind of emotional side of you and that that you're like your own potentially your own feelings and intuition to kind of get to the stage where you feel successful in the material physical world and so I would say if this is in a general reading it would be very positive for whoever I'm doing the reading for of them getting to that point or being able to have a mentor to kind of guide them into getting to that point yeah that's and that's a great point that you brought up about it doesn't have to represent a, per, a man a male but also, if you look at it esoterically, it could represent a person who is just has, you know, the, the masculine side figured out or somebody who can help you align it. Because maybe inside your masculine energy, like we talk about the masculine, logical left brain, maybe you're stuck in that mode or maybe you're stuck in your right creative brain mode and you're, oh, you know, you're just daydreaming all day, but you don't have that masculine force to put it into action so you need to emulate somebody who does or, or learn from them and see how they do it so mm -hmm. then you could create and put out in the world what you need to be putting out because we're all waiting for it everyone who's listening i'm waiting man i need you to be putting this out into the world what are you doing sitting there listening to my podcast going to work every day no stop that start a podcast <laughs> okay so let's say right, this yeah, comes done. up in in a in a love or a relationship reading what would you say um I think the obvious thing would be, hey, this could represent, you know, a rich guy coming into your life because he's the king of pentacles and pentacles are physical and money's physical. So it could represent that. But like I was saying before about the whole masculine energy thing, maybe that's the reason why you're having issues in your love life if you're single, because you're stuck in one side of your brain too much and um, you just can't see the other side of things. So maybe this could represent that you have to, like I said, emulate that and get that balance going. And then maybe you can meet Mr. Right instead of I, Mr. Right now. <laughs> I would do for either, actually. <laughs> Set me up for that one. Um, right, so Mr. Has a Pulse works for me, all right? He's got a pulse, send him in. <laughs> he doesn't have a pulse, was he still warm? Is he still warm, everybody? All right, that's fine. Come on, send him in. We'll put them in a microwave. All right. Oh my gosh, I literally just went even more grotesque. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm looking at this. If this came up in a relationship reading, I'd say if um if you're in a relationship, I think sometimes there is this fixation on material things as a way to demonstrate the the type of feelings that you're having or things like that. And I'd say that if this came up, I'd say sometimes that's not what you need to do. You know, sometimes um, I would say there's other things to focus on besides like buying gifts and using that to showcase your love. And I think sometimes that people focus on that and they're leaving out kind of the emotional needs that other, that their partner might have. Um, so if they're in a relationship, I'd say like either maybe you or your partner are doing that and it's not necessarily going to continue to to be beneficial like sometimes you need more than just gifts that being said we did have a conversation about love languages uh 
several episodes ago. And some people's love language is gift giving. You know, they like to give gifts. They like to receive gifts. Um, and that's how they best show and receive love. But I think if you can acknowledge that and say like, okay, well, that's not going to be every time. Um, I think that that's going to be helpful. And then it's really hard to live up to that. I can talk from experience. It's really hard to live up to somebody whose love language is gift giving because nothing's ever good enough. Um, and if you're single, I'd say kind of just work on you. But like you were saying, there has to be that nice balance because you don't want to just focus on everything else you've got going on, work, all of that kind of like bullshit and kind of neglect your own emotional um, growth and well-being and trying to connect to people. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I'm, gr I'm glad you brought up the gift giving thing because that's exactly what I thought of when you were saying that. But I do want to make I want to say one thing, which was basically if you're, it not it's not if your love language is gift giving that it's impossible to to please you. But it's just that if you have a mind imbalance or whatever it is, you know, and you have like I said, you're not al aligning your thoughts and emotions to create action and you have inner chaos. And plus your love language is gift giving, then, yes, it's going to be impossible to. <laughs> to help that person. So again, it's all about the balance. You mm -hmm. know, again, these aren't judgments. We, everybody has their own crap they have to go through. And that's, that's what this whole podcast is about. Okay. So now we're going to go on to, if this came up in a, uh, work focused reading, what would you say? I'd say I'm the king of the world. Ma. Um, this is a, a really good card for that. I would say obviously, or, I mean, it could even be, you know, we look at negative aspects. Um, it could just symbolize somebody in your workforce, like I was saying before, that maybe has to be a mentor to you or somebody you can look up to, but somebody who is, so maybe you're like, it's whatever you have as a, a job or whatever it is, or maybe you just have a hobby and it has something to do with the physical realm, crafting, or maybe it has to do with, um, I don't know, building stuff or, or mountain climbing or whatever it is. This could be that person that you should uh, that you can learn from and like i said you should never put any one person on a pedestal and worship every single thing they do and think they have no flaws because everyone has flaws no matter how famous or rich or talented or funny or successful or sexy they are everyone's a human just like you and they have a lot of these thoughts so you know i want to be very careful i don't want to create worshipers over here but i kind of think that it's just about learning from people and like you can emulate them and, and the good things that they do. And then you can even see the, some of the negative things they do. And then you could say, Hey, I don't want to do these things in my life. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like I was saying before, pretty much repeating what I was saying, but I think it's important. So it needs to get in there, but this could also represent a, maybe a new job in, uh, like a managerial position or where you have people under you that have to work for you or you have like employees or something like that in a manner where like you're ahead of a team so it's kind of if that is what's going on, you can use this card um, as a guide as well, because it's a really good card about balance. You know, you have the water in the background, which you pointed out, which is great. So it's like where the water meets the land. Mm -hmm. So even though he's not he's not facing the water and it looks like it could be far away, it's still conscious. It's still in his mind and he's still not like forgetting about it. So it's just a really good guide, I think. Mm -hmm. I said that this came up in a workplace uh, or like a uh, work related uh, reading. Um, I would say that, yes, it's going to be really good, but I think it's really important to talk about that balance that's necessary. Um, and I would say that don't put all of like um, 
uh, don't work so hard to kind of neglect everything else. You know, you need to make sure that there is that balance, but know that, um, and know that, you know, there is going to be a payoff if, if you do put in a lot of work and you do put your best foot forward and, you know, things like that. Um, I also said that there, there is a dark side to that, um, you know, and I, I think sometimes I'm going to quote Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. I think, um, I think there has to be that kind of acceptance of knowing that if you are in power, you know, kind of that treat people the way you want to be treated, be the leader that you always wish that you had going back to the Helen Keller quote, don't be the King that has tons of slaves and treats them horribly, you know, be that merciful ruler. Yeah. Because if you think about it, especially from like the Hinduist perspective and Hinduism and in Buddhism as well, they say that, you have to live a life as every creature that's ever lived. Like your, your, your consciousness has to go through and experience all of it. So in the same way that Helen Keller quote, you're still related to all those people because you were those people and they are you and you were them. And you know, you might have to experience that. That's kind of why I've been leaning toward eating less meat lately and kind of getting away from that because it's like, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, when you look into it and I don't want to like preach or anything about it, but it, that's just for me. But, um, Everyone has their own path. But yeah, for sure. I think you really got to be uh, empathetic. But anyway. All right. So let's move on here. For the next part of the podcast, Brandon is going to describe. Oh, there's Giz. Um, the the Giz same card. Describe. I know, right? Go ahead, she Giz. Is just, she is just in a mood. She's literally standing right next to me, just barking her head off right now. And you can always tell when she's about to bark. I'm so sorry. I'm going on a tangent. Because her lips like puff up. <laughs> um, and now can we she's get a like, picture of that so we can post it with the podcast <laughs> know, right? and it's like you can tell because i raise my finger as soon as i see that and she's like oh can't do it and she like swallows it back down um oh you gotta get you, that on video yeah but as you can tell she's really not doing that right now because um she's not listening anywho all right so um brandon will describe the card and and then we kind of just go through our initial thoughts here all right cool all right guys this is the Prince of Discs in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. And if you want to see what it looks like, you can check it out on our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two. And I post the pictures of all the cards up there every week. So we have a central figure who is on a, looks like a chariot, but not any kind of normal chariot. And um, it looks to me like... In the back, he has some kind of maybe like cargo, and it looks like it's all bubbles or like spheres or some kind of discs. And he's riding this chariot that's being drawn by a bull, and the bull has one hoof on the ground and one hoof in the air. Either side of the chariot has what looks to be kind of like wheels. Um, and then the bull actually is also, it looks like he's coming out of a black hole of the front of the chariot also, or just depends on your perspective, but there's a, like some kind of circular piece of the chariot there. And then in the background, you have all these discs coming out and they have all kinds of different artwork and flowers. And like, maybe it looks like an onion down here in the bottom, right. And then like different kind of maybe, uh, vegetables, I guess there's like clovers, but, um, yeah, it's all kinds of stuff, but it's just like a off white and kind of a, tan color but yeah check this card out it's really great oh also i want to mention 
what he's holding. That's like the best part. In his right hand, he has that scepter, kind of like we saw in the last card, but it's much longer. And it has a black cross, like a Maltese cross on top of it. And then he's wearing a helmet, like you were kind of saying before, with a bull on it, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you were right. We were both right, kind of. Um, (laughs) But it has wings and horns, so that's great. And then in his left hand, he's got a sphere with a – looks like a a cube, but more like a rectangle. So maybe it's like trying to represent the golden rectangle or Mm -hmm. the uh, golden ratio. But uh, in the sphere, it looks kind of like a basketball would be the best way to describe it. But it's uh, like a translucent orange and yellow. But, yeah, check out the card uh, at our t- at our Instagram. And at the bottom, like I said, just says Prince of Discs. So what did you think? So I, I loved the scepter because it's very close to things that you would see, like, um, like I said, at least Elizabethan times. It also reminded me of, like, Napoleon. Um, and I love that there's, like, that orb disc that they have their left hand on it was very close to kind of what you saw in the king of of pentacles and the rider weight um for me it's like you see this kind of authority dominion over all these different types of discs in the background and he is wearing this helmet but what really stuck out to me was um the bull and how like skeletal it looks. And I think that sometimes, you know, when you're trying to achieve this kind of success, you kind of wear yourself out to the point where it's like you push and push and push. And this bull, for me, even though it looks so serious, it, it almost looks like it could be malnourished. And it's like it's almost at that point of maybe collapsing and not being able to pull him anymore. And maybe he's just, you know, pushing it too hard to get to this point of success. Yeah, it looks kind of, I mean, it does look muscular, but you're right, it looks like it could be kind of starving. It's like really just lean. Mm-hmm. It's a lean bull. Um, I loved kind of this chariot that it's in. Um, I think that that's really nice, and I, I think it's very, um, it, I love how all-encompassing it is, and then the wheels very much res- resemble, like, I mean, obviously discs are going to be like wheels, Um. And I love this, like, big disc behind the bull. And it kind of also looks like a shield. But it has, like, these flowery kind of petals around it. Um, I think the one thing I was confused about was the background. It it kind of looks like there's this old story that, um, like, short story that I read in high school. And it's... (laughs) You know, it's like I get these inspirations from things. It's so ridiculous. But it was called The Yellow Wallpaper. Have you ever heard it or read it? No, uh, I don't know. Tell me what it's it's about, probably. But It's about a woman who had a child. And in that time, um, there is um, there was no acknowledgement of uh, like postpartum depression or anything like that. And so she has this baby and then suffers like immense postpartum depression. And then, you know, they like kind of secluded these women away into this specific area of the house. And she goes crazy looking at the wallpaper because she thinks she sees a woman in the wallpaper kind of, kind of scurrying around. And so she just starts like going insane and she tries to tell her husband about it, but the husband is like, okay, sure. And then at the end of the story, I'm going to ruin it here for all of us Mm -hmm. is, the husband like and people come in and she's ripped off all the wallpaper to where she can reach in the room because she doesn't want the woman in the room anymore but she's literally just gone insane and it's just an example of of the lack of knowledge of postpartum depression but anyway the reason i bring it up is <laughs> because not no because i have I want... not heard that story <laughs> I know. So I'm, and the reason I bring it up is because that's what this yellow part in the back looks like to me this like crazy yellow wallpaper yeah, 
It does. You're right. <laughs> it's like something you'd see like in like a tacky 70s or maybe like when people redo it and when they're kind of like making it look good, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes you see it at a wedding venue also, obviously, because I'm on a lot of wedding venues. But yeah, I like I like that. I never thought about that. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, It also kind of looks like this. I've just recently kind of watched Terminator, I mean, Terminator, Psycho 2. It kind of looks like um, this wallpaper in Psycho 2 as well. Anyway, I'm just going to get away from that. <laughs> holding out the wallpaper. Move on with my life. Um, okay, did you, what were your thoughts here? Like, did you have any any other thoughts on this card? Um, I just like, it's a card of action to me. So I really like that because the masculine energy esoterically that's what that represents. You know, you could, you, like I said, you could daydream all day. You can come up with these all the ideas. You can, you know, bitch on Facebook about how everything's wrong and how you hate everything. But, um, and all these ideas you have and what you think is right. Um, but until you activate that masculine energy inside yourself and use the will to put your thoughts into action, you're not doing anything. <laughs> you're in fact, I argue uh, you're not just you're not just not helping, but you're probably hurting. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that what you should do. All right. So I guess I shouldn't sit here and say I think you should do this is this is what I'll say. In my opinion, I think that it's better to activate that male energy and use this card as a guy. Look at this guy. He's in action and he's not even wearing clothes. He's you know, he's got his probably he's got his dick hanging out. Doesn't even care. Like, <laughs> you know, he's just doing it. Um but seriously, though, he's 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 in action. He's getting it done. So I think that's what you have to do. And that's also what the uh, the sphere can represent in his left hand. It could just be that um, that balance that you need uh, with a, with a um, with a feminine energy, because obviously that's really important. But you don't want to get stuck in there because then you're just going to go around in circles and circles. You know, this guy's going in one direction. He's got his head up. He knows what he's doing. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got that helmet on, which is great because it like it, it's kind of like the what we were saying before about the crown on the other um, on the other card in the Rider Waite tech. He just has his shit together. He knows what he's doing. Absolutely. Um, I agree about the movement. I do like the movement in the court cards in this deck. It always seems like they're doing something and they're always very powerful. So I really appreciate that. I'm excited to see what the next one looks like. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it. Okay, so now we're going to move on since we weren't able to uh, post an episode last week. We're going to talk about the Queen of Pentacles and then the comparable card in the Thoth deck. So again, I'll give a description and then you can always look it up on our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, number two. Okay, so you have the same yellow background, similar to the King card in the Queen of Pentacles, but you have this beautiful like uh, leaf and floral garland uh, around the top um, part of the card going from the left hand side up to that top left corner across the top going to the right hand corner and then coming down about halfway you see she is sitting on this stone throne as well but she has a bunch of animals kind of carved into it and she is sitting in nature so she's got like her feet on the ground there's kind of this uh bare patch in front of her but you see some grass there's a little rabbit in the bottom right you see some flowers kind of behind the throne flowers to the left hand side uh by her feet of the throne in the background you see mountains and then you also see then in the right in the center this figure she's wearing a red uh dress 
with like a white tunic underneath. She's got her crown on her head. It has a long kind of cape coming down or veil coming down from it. That's green. And in her two hands, she's holding the pentacle. Okay, initial thoughts. Well, this card I love because I love nature. I love getting outside, hiking and stuff. And this kind of reminds me of that. I feel like when I look at this card, I feel like I'm backpacking out in the wilderness. And it's great. Mm -hmm. You don't see any towns around. There's no castles. You know, there's a rabbit running by. (laughs) I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just like the perfect, perfect um, setting. And so for me, it it just is like a happy card. Um, So... I would say this is it represents that balance that we were trying to achieve. So that's why I kind of like how you put we put the masculine first. You know, you put the uh, the prince or the king in the other deck first because you need that will. And once you enact that, you can use it to push the feminine and then you can get this achieve this nice balance. And um, and then on the other hand, it kind of represents to me like being out in nature and coming up with ideas like sometimes you need to get away from everything and get back into the natural order of the way the world works, the way the earth works, I guess you could say, you know, like humans fit back into your natural um, spot in the, in the ecosystem for maybe at least an hour, you know, get up, get back out there and try to come up with ideas. And uh, it's good. You know, it's kind of also like a good thing you could say to get away from like external stimulation, like cell phones and all that stuff and the internet, just get out there and you and your ideas and you and your thoughts. I, you know, I totally agree. Um, what a difference from the King of Pentacles card. The King of Pentacles looked very, I mean, there was a lot of nature in it in terms of the, the flowers and the corner and the branches and, and his um, like cloak or dress. Or, but this is so indicative of the natural world. And I love how it's framed by the, the leaves and the flowers. My initial thought looking at this is, as opposed to possessions or, you know, having possessions or money and being like financially successful or wealthy or things like this, this is very like mother earth and kind of that knowledge and um, power over when I say earthly things, I mean, literally earthly things, you know, kind of like almost like a farmer or something. I I guess I gave away my work reading um, later on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so let's look at the various parts of the card. I want to start off with the throne because that's where my eyes first go. What were your thoughts there? You said the throne? That's where your mm-hmm. eyes first go? Okay, right. Um, yeah, no, I love this throne. It's funny. I was going to say, you're right. There is definitely a, a contrast between those two cards, the king and the queen. It looks like they're like on the outs with each other right now. Like, they're not getting along. You go yes. sleep in the garden. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, I, yeah, no, this throne is great. It, it's just it kind of, so it kind of represents in the way we saw just right in that Thoth deck in the Prince of Discs how he was coming out of that he was like emanating out of that circle in the background that looked like it was a bunch of discs or whatever mm-hmm. that could have just represented and it's just a symbol to represent the natural world the physical realm this is the same thing because it looks like there's maybe animals yes car- carved in there and maybe even like it could be like flowers or fruit or whatever but it is everything that is that from the natural realm from nature so that's what she's sitting on so she's literally mother nature she's like the crown or the the queen of it mm-hmm. so that's what i was getting out of that and then um the ram's head is another another earthly sign so obviously you're going to see that right there on her uh on her crown it's kind of on her throne it's kind of like the one you see in the the emperor 
mm-hmm. and the Major Arcana. So it's like a shout out to that, which I love. It's just that direct energy. So it's like the opposite because she's the feminine and that would represent more of the masculine. Um, but yeah, what did you think about it? You know, when you just said that they're kind of on the outs with each other, not that I want to like bring up past history or things <laughs> like that, but it almost reminded me of like the king being the United States and the queen being Vietnam in terms of, <laughs> yeah. in terms of like very, his looked very structured. It looked very um, like set in order. And, and as you know, or maybe you don't, but when we were fighting in, in Vietnam, we fought the Viet Cong and they kind of literally used this guerrilla warfare of kind of going out from the jungle or the rainforest and attacking and then kind of retreating back. And the U.S. Army just couldn't couldn't deal with that because we were so structured and so when you said they're kind of on the outs i was like yeah that's what it looks like to me um okay i'm looking at the throne and- I, you know i just want to love that you brought up vietnam because i am super anti-war and i love that <laughs> reference because it is great because if you think of the Viet Cong, you know that's it's just a guerrilla force it's it would be us if if we if some invading force came here and wanted to rule over us not all of us some of us you know would uh, run into the hills and run into the mountains and run into the in, into the woods because we don't want to live under anyone else's control and we would fight them back. And you're right. It is hard to fight an enemy on their home territory because, you know, if you want to occupy a nation, I mean, it, you got to like the only way to really occupy a nation is to like occupy their brains. You got to trick them into it. You know, you got to make them fall in love with money, <laughs> kind of like here. But anyway, so go ahead. We can keep going. But, you know, even going back to what you were just saying, that's what happened in the Revolutionary War. You know, Great Britain yeah. was structured force that was had these uniforms and marched and things like that. And they couldn't compete with the colonists who knew the land and could, like, kind of go back and forth between, like, the forest and the hills and retreat back wearing these clothes that looked just like the land. And it was really easy to spot the British because they were wearing all red <laughs> with a nice X to be like X marks the spot. Shoot here. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And the British also used mostly mercenaries. You know, this isn't really, I mean, it's not like it's hidden knowledge, but not your average person knows it, but it's kind of like what's going on in some of our conflicts or some of the United States government's conflicts over in the middle East where they use a lot of private contractors. There's so many, private contractors that are just mercenary units that aren't counted. Like when we say how many troops we have over there, you know, it's, it's really crazy. This is just one little peek into the, uh, into behind the curtain for everybody of all of our terrible listeners. But if you're interested in more stuff like that, Hey, check out my work at more laws, more because I get into a lot of that stuff. But anyway, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so I'm looking at the throne, and I see a whole bunch of different types of animals carved into it. And again, I have the, you know, it's, it looks like it's like, even though it's it's obviously chipped at and designed and, and built, it's still made from things from the earth. I love that it doesn't look like anything in the picture. It doesn't even match, like, the stones and the mountains in the background. It looks very different. So, like, they found this material. <laughs> it looks photoshopped in, doesn't it? Like, totally just right. photoshopped over. Like, it was just a wooden one. Like, no, nah, I'll make it look good in the pictures. It's for Instagram. Like, this is the Instagram cut. <laughs> Exactly. But it's like, I think that's very purposeful to show like Mm -hmm. there was something special about this material. And maybe there's then something very special about her who they made it for her to make sure it seemed like um, 
unique and reflective of a queen. And so I love that there's all these animals carved into it because it shows her like dominion or or control over over the natural world. And I feel like now thinking about it, looking at this card and even thinking back to what I just said about the king card, maybe I should have been a little bit more descriptive when I said natural world because we're talking about the physical world or physical things and I think that can be divided into two different uh sections and one of them being like the actual like natural world natural order of things and the environment and nature and stuff like that and then I think there's the other side of it which is like the man-made kind of uh economy money wealth uh material possessions things like that and both of those could be could fall into that category so whereas with the king i saw that material possessions as like the money the wealth this one i see that that kind of conquest of the material world or and of the natural world being of the actual earth yeah but in in a in a positive way kind of like you're when you're in when you conquer your internal self so she's not like conquering it to enslave it she conquered herself and since she was able to conquer herself and get to know herself really is what she did she's able to rule absolutely and it and it you can see that since she does have that kind of perspective and she did that introspection like you see the little rabbit in the lower right hand corner and you know i have spent some time around rabbits my sister has has had rabbits and i actually just was out with some rabbits yesterday believe it or not awkwardly um but it's like the fact yeah. Well, it's like, how, how weird is that, that I was like with rabbits yesterday? Oh, yeah. And now we see a rabbit. Um, So you see the <laughs> rabbit in the lower right hand corner. It looks like it's like about to hop into like the view that you see on the card. And if you know anything about rabbits, they're very skittish. And so if they hear a sound or something, they just run away real quick. And the fact that it's coming in here, it shows that she has like this relationship with that part of the world. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, I just want to ask you, and I don't want to sound like, you know, misogynistic or anything, but is like with rabbits, is that like code, like women code for like your time of the month or something? Or <laughs> 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 yesterday I was with rabbits. Okay. Aunt Flo was in town. All right. No, I was Ashley literally, was I was with two baby bunnies yesterday. One of my friends got two bunnies and she keeps posting pictures of them. And I'm like, they're so cute. I could kill them. So she's like, come on over to see them. So I literally was over there yesterday playing with them. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. I was, I was just talking about rabbits yesterday too. How insane is that? And, and you know, it's great because I was talking about rabbits and it was in a totally different way and it's going to get a little dark, but Hey, this is this podcast. And the reason I was talking about it was because uh, I was talking to the person about food, actually, and, and what we eat. And she was talking about how when her mother told her when her mother was growing up, her father, you know, so I guess her grandfather used to they'd have chickens and they just like chop the head off of the chicken mm-hmm. and run around the yard. And then I was like, yeah, that reminds me of a story because, you know, I'm a classical one upper. But um, <laughs> a friend of mine, she's Portuguese and her parents uh, keep and raise rabbits for food and they still have them. And I was over there one time and I went to go, you know, she just like took me back there to see the rabbits. And there's only like, you know, four or whatever. It's not like a ton of rabbits, but they're in the cage. And, you know, these rabbits know their food. It's like they are just terrified. You know what I mean? Like usually you go see a rabbit and it like comes over to you and you can pet it. This thing was like, fuck you. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that just really goes back to, um, our hubris as humans to kind of think that, you know, we can have dominion over nature to use it for our benefit, where I think that's the negative way of it, you know, whereas we should look more to uh, there. Here we go again. Okay. In my opinion, (laughs) I think that humans should 
try to fit more into their natural role on this earth and what it should be instead of trying to conquer it. You know, I'm not saying we should go back to like being hunter gatherers, although that man, that does sometimes sound like a great idea. I would love to just mm-hmm. hang out by the Amazon river all day, but um, you know, maybe we, there's a, there's a way to do it at least get away from where we are or head in a different direction. And obviously this isn't like, I'm not trying to talk about climate change or anything like that. I'm not getting political. I just mean on a real level, you know, because I think everybody can agree that what, what we're doing, not everybody, but most people can agree that we're not exactly living in harmony with nature. That's all I'm saying. So, um, but it starts on a personal level, you know, like here, here's a reason why I think I'm, you know, I could say kind of against, the climate, I don't really want to come out and be like, I'm uh, against the climate change movement, but the, the movement, I'm because I'm really against any movement. Because when you try to externally change the world by like getting one leader or a group of people to impose their will on everyone else, that's not the way to do it. Because then you're just creating slaves on the other end who are going to have to conform to your system and they don't want to. Whereas I think that we have to have a revolution one to one individually, each person has to have their own mini revolution inside. And then we can open up our eyes with new perspective and see a better way to live. So something like that. So there you go. I don't think think you can argue with that, right? No, absolutely. And I feel like if you do just support these groups or leaders or movements without having that kind of internal revolution, as you called it, you're literally just a puppet going from from idea to like faction to faction to faction. And, And it's like the like you're all sheep type of mentality, you know, like following the herd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the really thing that bothers me about it that really actually makes me upset is uh, people in these movements, most people have good hearts and good intentions and they really want to help people. So there's I feel, in my opinion, there's people at the tops of these organizations or some of them who realize this because they're psychopaths and, you know, they don't empathize with humans like people have to get their head around and wrap around their head around the idea that they're psychopaths right around And it's not like they're just serial killers or anything. I'm not trying to say like they're murderers, but they just know that they could get ahead of people and they don't feel bad about it. So what they do is they take this need that most humans have to help people and be generous and and want to do good. And they use it like you said, they make they turn them into puppets. Whereas you if if you can do this internally, you will still feel that need. You'll still feel fill that void and and, um, fulfill that need that you have to help your fellow man, but you're going to do it in a positive way because you have the, the, uh, the insight and it's like on an individual level. So you're not pushing it on anybody. You know, I feel like we've kind of gotten a little off track. Yeah. But I need but... to say that <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good. I'm telling you everyone start a podcast. It's the best. Um, okay. So, you know, I'm looking at the card and I feel like we've talked about a majority, like in terms of like, for me, the, the flora the plants i see in there again just going back to kind of her like control or you know um acceptance into this natural um like actual natural world of of the environment um but what i wanted to focus on now is her kind of her dress her her crown her um veil cape her tunic her dress all of that what were your thoughts actually you know what what did you think because this is kind of confusing to me i mean i I could see the i I guess i could say the green cape that comes down off of her crown is very similar to what we saw with that green laurel as far as the positioning of it and the color so to me that's what that represents it's that creative force but since she's the queen she's the feminine force she's the actual um she's the actual 
what's the word I'm looking for? I guess uh, creative one. So she's the one who has the ideas and has all the the thoughts. And so she's the one who could play with it in her head and come up with all these scenarios of how things could be. So that's why she's kind of bathed in it and it's covering her whole thing. Because since it, she's representing esoterically the feminine energy, that's what it's all about. Did that make sense or was that like babbling? I no, 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 no. I, I, think, I think it does make sense for me. It's like a veil, but it's, you can see how long it is. Um, and the fact that it starts at her head and kind of goes all the way down to her feet, it reminds me of just being totally cloaked or, or all encompassing. Like this, this veil is covering her. And it says it's green. It's literally like the environment. It's this, um, this like idea of her being like mother nature, this natural aspect, the green of like plants. And then it's like covering her. It shows her kind of dominion over them. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, the green, it's the plants because it's the creation, it's the growth. And that's what it's all about with this card. And I, that's another reason why it's good to put the King first because you need that will to get going, to get up off your ass, to start creating. And And once you connect it with that feminine, you get the creation that's coming out of there. But yeah, go ahead. (laughs) And I think that what I'm kind of thrown with is the red kind of tunic because or the red dress, because underneath, I understand the white part. For me, the white is like purity and kind of this. um, I think this lack of manipulation, this lack of having a certain agenda. And so maybe that's why she's able to have this control, because she understands the idea of balance and natural order and things like that. And the fact that nothing is like going to touch her skin besides that white um, or at least that's what we see on the top part. That's what I'm thinking. But the red, the red dress really threw me. Yeah. You had nothing. Uh, I didn't. I really didn't. I mean, besides comparing it to like what looks like the wings on her crown. But I'm like, I don't know. Oh, it, I like how it's kind of cut where there, it could be represent like a cup mm-hmm. up at the top. So. It could just, uh, they could be kind of displaying that a little bit. And I love what you said about the white because it is like a base, a foundation for what's going on. It just represents the purity. It's like the virgin, pure energy, Isis, Mother Virgin, Mother Mary, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, the red, I yeah, I don't know. You're usually the the good one with colors. So. <laughs> um, all right. And the last thing I want to talk about, and it honestly is the last thing in this card, is the mountains in the background. What were your thoughts there? That kind of just shows me that she's in a safe place. She's uh, in the she's in the fertile valley, and she has nothing to worry about. All the giant predators, all the dinosaurs are on the other side of those mountains. So, um, no, just kidding, man. Dinosaurs aren't real. They made them up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's really what it represents to me. Or maybe also the the journey that she had to go there. It implies that journey because maybe she wasn't born there. She had to get there. And how did she get there? Well. Great question. What did you think? Um, I I like it being like the trials and tribulations. I really love that um, kind of where she's at right now is it looks kind of like a valley. So maybe it's like, you know, the calm before the storm or the calm before going back and trying to um, take on something else and overcome another obstacle. Um, I think a lot of times people are like, well, wouldn't you want her to be at the top of the mountain? But the reality is the calmest part for me is the part when you're at the very bottom of the mountain, because that's before you start the hard work. When you get to the top, there's nowhere to go, but down. Yeah. 
Um, so I like that she's kind of in that valley. And I like that they're like blue because for me that ties into like that emotional aspect and the uh, intuition and feelings. And it just, again, shows her kind of control over that. Yeah, I like I like that. Okay, so let's say you got this in a general reading. What would you say? Um, well, I would say this could represent somebody similar to what we just said about the king, somebody <clears throat> that's in your life. But this person is more representing in uh, the female, the feminine characteristics, the esoteric feminine energy that we speak of, the creativeness. So maybe if you're somebody who's stuck in your logical left brain, you just can't see you can't get the perspective because, you know, for to you, it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand. You're right. This doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? But sometimes you have to let go of your attachments, the attachments that you have to certain beliefs, certain even cultural beliefs. And you have to look at things from a different kind of creative level. So this could, this you know, I would say to somebody in a general reading that if you're stuck, maybe if you have some um, maybe if you're a creative person and you have like writer's block or if you feel the need that you have to be creative and you're, or, or something, you're just like, if I could tell maybe it's someone that's might be stuck in their logical brain, I could suggest them go do something creative. You know, have you ever tried painting? Have you ever played an instrument? Have you ever, uh, I don't know anything. Have you ever podcasted? Have you ever sang? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, go to karaoke or something. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good way to to get the creative juices flowing is to work with anything in that creative realm. So that's what I would tell the person. Um, I would say that I and I love what you said, because I honestly totally agree with it. I said if this came up in a general reading, maybe it's a movement away from kind of focusing on the the kind of um, that like rise and grind type of mentality in terms of like that like businessy trying to achieve money and I think there's something to be said and I say I just say like sometimes it's nice to get back to nature just to calm yourself down center yourself and appreciate where you are and what you have and and the position you are in life um maybe I should take my own advice um (laughs) and so I'd say that if this came up in a general reading kind of that's what I'd say either you're doing a really good job of that um or that's something that you should work towards. And again, I'm going to go back to what I said for the king is that just because it's a queen doesn't mean that this is just a female figure in your life. It could just be the those feminine kind of ideas of um, kind of being more in tune with your feelings as opposed to putting them out of your head and focusing on like the the logical, like businessy side of things. Yeah, you don't want to repress the feelings you want. to. It's and this is something I'm working with in my life because I'm I'm good at that just kind of something happens and I'm like, all right, where are we going? We're good. Cause I'm very logical, but it's sometimes it's good to just let yourself feel those feelings, let them wash through you and, um, you know, see where they take you kind of, and it, it's good. Cause it's like a storm, a wave comes, you want to hold on. So it, it's a balance, you know, you don't want to get too caught up in the emotion and loss, but you want to feel it and then let it go. Let it, let it come in like a visitor and let it, you know, you can even say hi to it. I've heard this. There's Buddhist meditators or teachers that would say this you know every time you have a feeling you just say hello and you welcome it in if it's a feeling of despair you say hello hello old friend my old friend despair how are you today why don't you have a seat we'll make you a cup of tea you know what I mean and it's like here we go (laughs) that's so funny because that's literally I'm gonna be like wow roll your eyes but that's what my therapist says all the time Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to feel the feeling, address it, welcome it in, because that shows that you're like a human being. And and then just kind of 
feel it, but don't let it like prohibit you from moving on with your life. Yeah. And you know what, you know what that is? That's esoteric knowledge. That's occulted, occult hidden knowledge that is used by people in certain professions. And I'm not trying to say that they use it maliciously, but it's just something that was whoever created that profession knew that I would, I would, you know, in my opinion, they knew that and they put it in there. So it gets people to come there in a society of people who are, you know, largely, uh, I don't know, overworked and underpaid and all this stuff, but it gives them a little bit of, uh, a little bit of hope. But what I'm offering the full package is like the way to, <laughs> to like model your whole life. So you, you could, you know, see it wall around that. But, and I'm not saying like anyone who's in this is malicious. Like I said, everybody has good intentions and I'm sure if you're getting, like I said, everyone's a teaching and if it's helping you, that's great. I'm not trying to criticize anybody, but I'm just saying, you know, that, um, these ideas are out there and you can find them. So in my, in my opinion, it would behoove you to find these, anyone who's listening to this, you know, look into this stuff because this is how rich people and this is how successful people do it. And I'm not saying, you know, because money, I guess, would be their God. So that's why they want to do it. But whatever you want to do, it works both ways. You can use this for quote unquote good or quote unquote evil. Um, it's just about knowing how to, uh, to live and get things done. Okay. So let's say this come up in a relationship reading. What would you say? Yikes. All right. Why don't you go first <laughs> on this one? I'm invoking I, my privilege. <laughs> I said that this, if you were in a relationship, would be honestly opposite to what I said for the king, kind of focusing more on like the the feeling part of it in terms of like expressing your feelings, expressing what you what you think. Um, kind of you can't expect someone to give you what you want if you haven't told them what you want type of thing. Um, and that way you can, if you open up those lines of communication, that will give you that kind of fruitful type of natural relationship that being said um i think sometimes there are people that feel their feelings too much um and i'm not saying i think that's often identified as like a female thing and it's not necessarily always like a feminine thing oh sorry no um, it's more the feminine energy though so it definitely could be displayed by either you know right exactly. and and so I'm, I'm looking at it and i'm saying like you know, sometimes that can also prohibit a relationship from moving forward because you're so fixated on every little thing. And it's like, you know, there's a book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small stuff. That's the name of the book. And it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like don't over-exaggerate and fixate on things that really don't mean anything. I was really guilty of that when I was younger. I was so obsessed with the most stupid things in my relationships and reality was like, why does this even matter? It doesn't. Um, and then if you're single, I said that it would be kind of really being in tune with yourself as a way to kind of be able to find out what you need, what you want, what you're looking for. Yeah. I like that because it, it you say in tune and that's what intuition, you know, it's mm -hmm. right there in the word. So that's what you really have to rely on. And I guess that's what I could say if I was going to give a reading, a love reading with this card, if it came up, I would say, or relationship advice, that that's what you need to do. Um, and like we said before about the mountains, you know, it's not, it's unlikely that she was born here and she just lived her whole life there. She had to go through a journey. So if you take that as an allegory, you you can only begin right where you find yourself. That's where you have to start. So no matter what situation you're in, if you want to improve your life, 
you have to start, you know, most times you're going to be on the other side of those mountains and you're going to have to go through those mountains and it's going to be snowy and it's going to be shitty and it's going to suck, but it's worth it to mm-hmm. go through them because then you get to know yourself and to know who you are, like you were saying. And, and then you can find somebody who hopefully went through the same journey in their life, but then you can know though, because you could decide you won't be so dependent on the first person that comes along to have to jump on them or her and uh, be with them because you're afraid to be alone um, or, you know, whatever it is, or you just want to be with somebody else. This way you go through that journey and then you are self-sufficient, self-sustainable, just like you were saying. And then you could pick and choose and find the right person who is compatible with you and it'll work or have a better chance of working. Absolutely. Okay. So if this came up in a career focus reading, what would you say? Uh, If this came up in a career focus reading, I would say that this could definitely be, uh, you can be like a veterinarian, you know, this could mean Mm -hmm. maybe you need to get and work out with nature also, you know, maybe forestry, something out there like that, or maybe just something even on your own, go out and create, maybe you can be an artist and go out uh, into nature, but uh, I would say it's something like that. It's something also definitely esoterically, it's going to represent that you need to be creative in whatever you're doing. So if you're stuck in your job or your career or whatever you're doing, your passion, you need to employ that creative force. You need to get out there and do something creative. You know, go to Ocean State Job Lot and spend 20 bucks and you could get watercolor, you could get paints, <laughs> you could get, and you can get like, um, even for less than that, for like 10 bucks, you can get paints and like a, um, a sketch pad or whatever to put it on. And you could just, paint a picture, whatever's in your head, put a picture up and just try to imitate it, whatever mm-hmm. you can get those, whatever interests you, you can get them flowing. And that's really going to help you. Um, I totally agree. Um, I said that this is kind of the idea of, of stopping and smelling the roses, kind of sometimes moving outside of what you're normally doing um, to, to take a minute to enjoy nature. There's a scene in, pretty woman where julia roberts takes richard gear out and like takes off his shoes and socks and puts his feet on the grass just so we can have like that moment of reconnecting with nature and that's what i see when i look at this like you know don't always be fixated on working in the building and, and sitting in front of your computer and like sometimes you need to get out get a breath of fresh air and and you know take take a minute take a beat as i always say yeah um, and i love it too just to cut in really quick because she wasn't trying to tell him to change his whole lifestyle. She was just saying, hey, listen, your head is in the clouds in the stars, but you got to have your feet literally on the ground, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. So, yeah. um, and what a wise hooker. I tell yeah, you what. <laughs> You're pretty wise for a whore, lady. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, listen, and- I, 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 I think that sex work is, you know, you should be able to do it and be legal and free. I just like to make jokes. That's all, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I said that as a job, this could be a farmer, but I agree with you, like a veterinarian or someone who takes care of animals, a zoologist, something like that, um, or an environmentalist, something along those lines that kind of has that connection to the natural physical world. OK, any final thoughts before we move on? No, I think I'm good. I think we I we beat this up enough. All right, cool. So now Brandon is going to give a description of the next card that we're going to be talking about in the Thoth deck, and we'll just give our initial thoughts on that. All right. I'm going to be brief on this because we're running a little long, everybody, but it's all right because you know what? We are. (laughs) We didn't have, you know what, though, because we didn't have an episode last week, so we have tons of extra room that we could put in, you know, Mm -hmm. 
So it's all right. We'll just tell everybody. I'll I'll uh, leave a note in the beginning to break it up into two parts for everybody. Or maybe yeah, we can even I can even cut it into two different podcasts, maybe. But whatever. Um, and then drop them at the same time. Um, so this card, beautiful card. I mean, I I love this card, and I know I always say that, but I don't care. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. And but this this is the perfect embodiment of the feminine energy inside somebody, but like at its peak, like doing what it needs to get done. You know, this is the full coming back home. He's home, but it's not, you know, it's like when they say that, you know, you're really on your journey when, when you get home and you don't recognize it or whatever, however that quote goes. Do you know that quote? Yes. Mm-hmm. How, how's it go? <laughs> is it, you can't go home again. Yeah. There you go. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. So anyway, but she so she's the master of the, of her domain. She's looking out over it from a very she's she's on a throne, but it's a very comfortable throne. It's something like you would see in the east, like in the Khans, like like Gang, Genghis Khan or Kublai Khan. Their throne, you know, they're like laid out. Um, I don't know if you there's a Netflix show. I think it was called uh, Polo, Marco Polo, whatever it was mm-hmm. about, and they showed that they had to like literally crawl like a hundred yards to the, to him. And he was just laying on his throne, like eating grapes. And like, if they didn't do it, he'd like slit their throats. You know what I mean? Like it was intense. And that's what this is representing. So she has that control of the physical realm and she's looking out over her dominion and she's like wisely ruling it. And she has that same sphere that we saw in the last card, similar. Um, the last Aleister Crowley, uh, Thoth deck Prince of discs that we just talked about. And she has a similar scepter as well, but those, horns i love what did you think about those do you know what it reminded me it reminded me of the kate blanchett character in, in yeah. thor ragnarok yeah. because you know and she was like this this goddess of like like everything and she had this complete control and dominion over over um the, that that world that planet and that's what it reminded me when I first saw it because I was like wow it's so for me there was such a connection to that character and that headdress and then when I watched the movie I was like why is she wearing that I don't like that but when I see it here I'm like okay and it kind of looks like the spiraling of like um like a antelope or ram um horns or something like that and then you have this ram right here and then her she has it looks like these like big shoots of grass that are kind of encompassing her and it just shows that and she looks like totally relaxed like kind of lounging back and it's like she's looking at where she came from this pathway in the back and and I'm just seeing kind of um that it's like she looks at where she came from but she knows that she's going somewhere different yeah yeah and I love that you brought up the character from Thor Ragnarok because that goes to exactly what I was saying about um when you get yourself aligned, you can do it for good or evil, you know? So mm-hmm. her character was so powerful. They couldn't stop her, you know, and she was evil. So some might say, well, why would, you know, why would evil, why would God or whoever let evil exist? Well, it's because the way this universe really works is that once you align your thoughts and emotions to create action, it does you can choose with your free will to create good or evil actions. But if you're doing it right and you're doing evil actions, you are very hard to stop. Mm-hmm. Unless you come across somebody, because this is the thing, everybody, every person that she faced, all the hair, like Thor and Loki and all that in that movie, they didn't have their shit together yet. They were still conflicted. So that's why she was able to do that. She would not be able to do that to Odin if he was there and he was at his full strength. You know what I mean? So I think that's a great analogy. I'm glad you brought that up. And yeah, that totally, that's what this card is, uh, is showing me. Um, 
I also really like how the the uh she's kind of looking over and surveying the land, but then you see like there's a river and there's sets of trees that are each three, and then out on the horizon it looks like there's clouds rolling in. I don't know, it's just a really really uh intense card. It is. It really is. But I think she looks so powerful. And, um, you know, when we just saw that other card, that looked like there was he was still in motion to get to that point of being maybe where she is right now of kind of being like a mo- taking a moment to relax and be like, I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on this card? Uh, no, I think I think we're good. All right. Cool. So next week, we're going to finish up our pentacle series we're going to look at the knight of pentacles and then we're going to start um an astrology series where each episode we look at one sign and we're going to dive into it a little bit kind of what is it when does it take place in the calendar year what are some characteristics associated with it how does it tie into the tarot all things like that um so next week we'll start off with uh our pentacles card and then we'll jump into that afterwards all right what sign are we going to be covering you know, everyone always starts with Aquarius, so I feel like we should start with Aquarius. But part of me wants to start with, uh, no, we'll probably start with Aquarius. We'll probably start. <laughs> What's the what? What is the uh, sign that we're about to come into in March? Is it? Uh, we're in March right now. It's Pisces. Yeah, but what's the next sign? So it's, uh, da, da. Capricorn. No, Capricorn is January. So it's Taurus. Air. It's Aries. Aries. No, it's Why no, don't... it's Taurus. It's one of those two. Actually, I think I think it's Aries. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. It is Aries. Let's start. I think I my suggestion is I think we should start with Aries because that's really where from what I've been coming across lately, this esoteric knowledge, that's kind of where if you look at astrology uh, and it's really hard to explain. But the way I can make it really brief is it, it kind of has to do with creation and how everything is created. It is a cycle. And if you look at astrology, it starts at Aries. I think it's Aries Taurus. Red shift, blue shift. So it, it just that's where all creation starts. And it's kind of like how language, the Hebrew language started also. It's this other thing you can look into, um, which is really amazing. So we'll talk about that more, though. And I mean, we ha- we do have a few minutes because, like I said, we have extra time. So if you're interested in topics like this, you know, you got to keep listening to our podcast because this is the stuff we're going to dive into. I'm going to get even deeper with the psychology stuff and the esoteric knowledge, this quote unquote occult or hidden knowledge. It's it's my real passion lately, and I've been using it to actually look at current events. So if that's something that interests you, check out my other show because I talk about all kinds of stuff. You know, you know that scary virus that's going around right now. Yep, I talk about that. Um, you know, oh, that's something else I wanted to bring up because I I thought of this, uh, which was basically there's like a toilet paper shortage. I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, right? So, but what's is hilarious to me is that everybody's hoarding toilet paper, but like. If your toilet paper supply is longer than your food supply, what right. is wrong with you? Like, you're going to run out of shit before, you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't understand. You could shit in the woods, everybody, but you're going to need food to shit out. I'm yep. trying to make that a joke. I think that's my premise. <laughs> I'm going to say it on stage. So, anybody, hey, guys, thank you for listening to the Terrible Podcast, and sorry about that one-week lapse. You know, everybody needs a break. We've been going strong since May. So, I mean, even in, during the holidays, we put out uh, episodes, so... I think that everybody can forgive us for that. And this is an extra long episode. And I think I'm going to break it up into two episodes and just plop it right into the feed all at once. So you can have part one and two and, um, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think like this, share this wherever you can give, leave us a rating, uh, you know, press like whatever it is that you can do. However, you're listening to it, you know, tell your grandmother about it. 
Uh, tell your hairdresser, you know, the person who does your nails, say, listen, you like tarot cards? Korean person who can't even understand what I'm saying? Listen to this podcast. You can learn English. Oh, that is terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's so wrong. I'm, guys, listen, I'm, I'm a terrible comedian. What do you want? I'm, I'm ad-libbing up here. All right. This is horrible. We just lost like listeners. No, I know. I'm just kidding. You guys love us. But yeah, anyway, thank you for listening. And uh, Ashley, is there anything that you'd like to say? Besides stay terrible? No. No? Oh, you know what? I forgot to say. Go to ComedyLOL.com to support us. If you're still listening to this, you obviously love the show because I would have stopped it like minutes ago or an hour ago. Uh, just kidding. I love our show, too. But yeah, go to Comedy LOL. You could donate to us right on PayPal. You could send us a donation or you could follow us on Patreon. You could donate a dollar a month. How 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 much is a, is a dollar? How about how about this? Five dollars a month. How much is that going to affect your budget person listening right now? Is that going to hurt you? No. But if you listen to the show and you give us five dollars a month, that's really going to help us. It's going to help us pay for things like you know, listing this podcast, because that's not free. It's going to help us pay for things like food so we can eat, so we can podcast better, right? Absolutely. What a terrible commercial. And then I understand if you don't have any extra money, because you know what? We get it. But if you buy stuff on Amazon, there's a link on our website that you can use if you click on it and then do your shopping right after you click on it. We get a portion of it, and it doesn't cost you any more. It's like an advertising fee. So, yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening to this commercial. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And, Ashley, what do we always say? Stay Stay terrible. terrible. Bye. Comedy LOL Podcast Network.